You're listening to Panther Parkway Radio, the official podcast of PantherParkway.com. All right, we're here with Bill Lindsay, Panthers legend, and so excited to have him on the program. Bill, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Legend, that's a pretty good stretch, but I appreciate the kind words. Well, hey, I mean, you're in there with the the Hall of Fame. You're in the Den of Honor. You were there at an opening night uh, as one of the original founding members of the team. So I think that qualifies as legend status. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, we, had, we had some fun <laughs> years to start, that's for sure, but I, I do appreciate it. Man, looking back at 25 years of Panthers history, um, it's just been really fun this season to look back at some of the guys who have been a part of the team. Uh, after having been around the team in a couple of different stints, um, what does it mean to you uh, to go out there and see everybody celebrating what you guys accomplished back when you were part of that expansion team? It's fun what, we're, what we were able to do to take it off the ground, what was going to happen in South Florida, how would it, how would it work? We were a bunch of players that were cast off from other teams trying to make our mark in the NHL. Some players uh, were second-line, third-line players that got to be first-line players, players like myself. I uh, got a chance to break into the NHL. We were welcomed by a warm fan base. We signed autographs after practice every single day at the old <laughs> Gold Coast Ice Arena. We made a real huge connection with the fans, bonded with the city, had an excellent first year and just continued to grow the, those first, second, third year Stanley Cup finals. But it was something that we felt not only was it our, our, our duty on the ice to produce and try and give, our, give it our, our all, but make sure that we connected with the fan base and made sure that we reached out to them and that we were able to grow the game of hockey here in South Florida in the right direction. And we made a lot of big imprints in those early years. Did you have kind of a, a little bit of nostalgia even watching the Las Vegas expansion uh, last year uh, and seeing them kind of rally behind that chip on the shoulder kind of thing? And then obviously they had amazing success in their first season. Uh, but that bring back some memories that of, was, of that. It does. It was unheralded, especially in their first season, what they were able to do in Vegas. But it did bring back a lot of memories uh, to see the excitement in Las Vegas. We had that kind of excitement down here in Miami. Uh, we've had some tough losing years, but there's a fan base here. It, uh, you have to have that winning product, but Vegas, that uh, did, did definitely stir up some emotion and some memories because when you're an expansion team like that, the only, only way you're going to get something like that done is together as a group, and it has to be a tight-knit group. Everyone has to be pulling on the rope in the same direction, on the ice, off the ice. There has to be a commitment level. Uh, so much beyond the established teams uh, to be able to pull off something like that. So it definitely brought back the the feelings and memories that we had in 96. Now, Bill, obviously you're still around the Panthers quite a bit, but you actually played for uh, quite a few NHL teams. I thought it was interesting <laughs> that you, uh, you've actually played for two teams that don't exist anymore uh, in the Quebec Nordiques and then in the Atlanta Thrashers. Uh, what's that like, you know, having played for teams that aren't even around anymore? Yeah, I, I know how to wreck franchises. <laughs> once I get on, oh, geez. Once I get on, Don't. they're going to move. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, uh, uh, they're two different experiences. Starting out in Quebec, 
they were established for a long, long time. Uh, had that great rivalry with the Montreal Canadiens. So going into Quebec as my first team, being a rookie, to see that French culture, see the passion that they had, and to get integrated into hockey in the NHL in that city was something special. I jumped uh, right out of junior hockey into the fire in the NHL in Quebec, and it was it was really competitive. Uh, the building was rocking every single night, so it was a it was a neat experience. And unfortunately, their first year in Colorado when they moved was the year that they played us in the Stanley Cup. So the first year in Colorado, my old team was right. was the team that ended up That's uh, true. beating us in the Stanley Cup Finals. And then the Atlanta experience was different. It was a team uh, that was moved there. And it, they were struggling, not uh, not doing very well, ownership problems. They were looking to get out and just uh, years not they didn't have any success whatsoever. I think one playoff appearance. I don't think they ever got past the first round in Atlanta, and it was just a franchise that had a lot of turnover. And uh, once I got out of there, I actually played my last game with Atlanta, and then went over to Germany for a couple of years after we missed that full season with the lockout. Uh, the year before that was my last year with Atlanta, my last year in the NHL. But uh, they moved on uh, to Winnipeg to a different market. Uh, so so it's kind of two different parallels. I went to a, a real hockey hotbed and then to a franchise in Atlanta that was just really struggling to find themselves. So, Bill, talking about that uh, 96 Stanley Cup run, which was – I don't know, one of the most uh, tremendous runs, I think, in NHL history. And the fan base was behind you. And I think even a lot of the NHL was uh, surprised as well as excited at the same time. What do you think was the best part about that 96 team that, that got you guys, you know, all the way to the finals um, at that point? So, so young in your expansion career. Uh, the group of guys that I got to do it with. The quality of, of the guys, uh, Dave Lowry, Brian Scrugland. Scott Mellonby, Mike Huff, uh, Gord Murphy, Stu Barnes. I could keep going down the list, but these guys were just exuded character and work ethic. And really, they taught me how to, to how to play in the NHL, what you had to do. And Brian Scrudelin said it best to me. He said, you can do whatever you want. If you play, play bad and go home and feel bad for yourself, but don't he says, if you feel bad about yourself, think about me because my family depends on your success as well. So don't ever feel pity for yourself or feel mm. sorry for how you're playing because I, de- you're, I depend on your success just as much as you depend on your own success moving forward. And if we have success as a group, then this thing's going to succeed. And uh, watching Scrudelin, Mellonby, Huff, Lowry, all the way these guys prepared for their hockey game, I knew that if I had a bad game, that I, the, the, the way they committed themselves, that I was letting them down. And that was, that was a worse feeling than playing bad and going home and actually feeling bad about yourself, knowing that you let your teammates down. And that was what bonded that whole team. We had that throughout that dressing room. There was more of a care for one another than I think for your actual self. You wanted to play for that guy beside you. There was a love in that room for the players, there was a respect in that room for what uh, everyone was was doing. So we just built that camaraderie. We practiced hard, played hard, and just continued to build that bond day in and day out, and it eventually led led us to a Stanley Cup final. You look back on those guys, and obviously there's lots of – 
legendary stories that come around, like the melon bee killing the rats and, and all of that that led to the to the rats on the ice and all of that. But what are some of your favorite stories and memories from uh, that run to the Stanley Cup final? The run to the Stanley Cup final, it just, just the way that it just gradually, slowly elevated step by step where it started, I guess the killing of the rat and some early season success was where it, where it kind of started to take off. Then you got a one rat on the ice and a couple of rats. We started to win some hockey games, started to be successful. Then more rats, people were interested not only in the rat story, but they're starting to get interested in our hockey team. And all of a sudden we just kept winning and winning. And then we found ourselves heading in, in towards the playoffs. And I think down the stretch, we lost like eight of our last 11 games and there was panic everywhere. And uh, everyone's going to wonder what was going to happen once we got in the playoffs in that first round against Boston. And that's, that's where the real memories begin. Just, that first game, how loud it was in Miami Arena, and the regular season, you can throw those last games out the window. It's it's new. Your whole body is re-energized. There's a whole new vibe that goes through you. Playoff hockey. There's a regular season and the real season, and the real season's the playoffs. So the memories of just going through that run, how hard you have to compete uh, on a nightly basis. I don't think you could ever feel more alive as an athlete or a person, I, I would compare it with, with, you have a son born, um, you get married, you just, you're just kind of on this high, this perpetual high for a while. And as for an athlete, you're at the pinnacle of your sport at the top level, trying to win the ultimate prize. So the, 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 the beatings that you take and the, the bruises and the bumps just are also worth it. And, you're just living out your dream uh, to go there and uh, to fall short and not win that Stanley Cup. And in my career, something that I look back on and something I really miss, that was, that was the best that it ever got for me. But when you go through a playoff drive like that and see what it's all about, uh, it's, just, it's just life as an athlete, life as a hockey player, it's the best that it can be. And I can recall every goal and assist I think that I had in that playoff run, if you asked me to recall two regular season goals that I had, I would, I would have a hard time. I remember my first goal. And other than that, I don't remember many else, but I remember almost every single moment from that Stanley cup run. So I guess that really paints a pivot picture of how vivid those memories are in my brain. Well, speaking of goals, I can't not ask you about the goal. Uh, you know, that, that, uh, I feel like every time you watch anything that has to do with Panthers history, there's that shining moment of you scoring that goal against Pittsburgh. Um, and you said you remembered it. So you walk us through uh, what that goal was like. And then uh, did you ever think that that was going to be the moment that kind of lived in infamy for the rest of your life with that big uh, falling down Bobby Orr style uh, goal? <laughs> Didn't think about it at the moment. I remember the first four games of that playoff series against Boston and I felt great every night. My legs were there. The jump was there. It was just, I was like, these playoffs are going to be the best because during the regular season, there's some nights where you just don't have any gas in the tank. There's nothing that you can do about it. You're tired, you're fatigued, but all of a sudden this playoffs, it's just like, I just felt unbelievable. I thought this is the best experience 
you got all the energy in the world. And then game five was an afternoon game. My parents flew into town. They were going to be at the, their first Panther game, their first playoff game. And I got on the ice and I had, I had no jump. It was afternoon. I was like, man, dead tired and kind of struggling through the game, trying to get through it. And as a player, you go through games where you just don't have it. So you're just trying to work your way around it, try and find your way through it and got that bounce, that, that turnover right at the blue line. And Ray Bork was right at the end of the shift. And just remember taking it wide, driving wide. And, and I knew I had a step on him, took it to the net. And I knew that I got tripped and I hit the puck, but my first instinct, my first reaction was to look back at the referee. I'd never imagined the puck going in the net because I really had no relation to where I was with the goaltender when I was falling down. So I was looking back, I saw the referee's arm up, so I knew there was going to be a penalty on the plate. Then I just kind of looked and I didn't see the puck going in the net, but I saw the fans' reactions. And that's when it started to hit me that the, the puck was in the net. So that, uh, so it really turned, it really turned what was a very, out of all the, of those five games I played against Boston, believe it or not, that was probably the worst one other than that moment. The other four were much better from a personal standpoint, as far as performance, uh, for 60 minutes. But that one, that one 20 second burst or 15 second burst, uh, made it my best game in my career and the memories, uh, to be able to share it with my parents, uh, to remember the goal. It's, it's, yeah, just every time that I can recall it like this vividly, it bring back, it brings back some chills. And at that time, if you ask, no, no, did I ever think it would be the defining moment? I didn't imagine that it was that big a deal at that point. It just kind of morphed over the years. And I wish I would, I never saved the stick or the puck or anything from, from that goal. I wish I would have those memorabilia but uh so that's kind of walking through it to how it happened it was not a very good game but it was a game that uh just had that one shining moment that i'll remember forever and uh very grateful that uh i was able to have that moment so it seems like every time i turn on nhl network you're uh, hanging out on on my television how did, how did you get involved with uh with doing that and how's that been being on tv all the time with them I enjoy it very much. A great experience uh, with the transition where I started radio here uh, and then into TV and then back uh, doing the home radio when I got the home radio and it gave me a chance and uh, just went up to the network and they said, come up, get do a few shows and we'll see what happens. And I think uh, there was like seven, eight shows. They said, we'll see how it works out. And just it, one show led to another and kept leading to another and eventually was able to get a contract out of it. And, uh, I, I like the different dynamics. I enjoy the game. I enjoyed doing an analyst, whether it's on TV or radio, I really, uh, have a passion for that, but doing the studio side of it is something that you have to have a knowledge of the whole league and understanding. So it makes you pay attention to, not only the Florida Panthers, but every single team around the league. So enjoy that challenge. But it's it's just it's something that opens up more more doors and different opportunities. So you have the chance to be an analyst, a game analyst, and there you're a studio analyst where you have to cover all the teams. So for me, any any work that you can be on air or on TV uh, is good work. And the people at the NHL Network, the people here at the Florida Panthers, have 
been great for me and provided me plenty of opportunities. And I just try and try and take the opportunities when I can and do the best with them, uh, with, with what I get. So with this current Panthers roster, uh, what, who are some of the guys that really stand out to you, uh, as you watch them in the the first few games of the season, obviously off to a rough start, not where they want to be, but, um, who are some of the guys that have really stood out to you so far this year? Barkoff to me is every single game. He's able to, to control a game. Yeah, this team's got to get in the playoffs to get the attention on Barkoff that he deserves. He's going to be a perennial Selkie Trophy finalist. I believe that there's three, maybe four Selkie Trophies in his future. He has that that the the ability to dominate at both ends of the rink, and he's a gen like to me, he's a generational talent for the Panthers. Something that I don't know if we've ever experienced a player at his level that can play. At, at both ends. Uh, Vincent Trocek has a motor that can always go, competes, not very big, 5'11". I just love his tenacity, uh, that what he brings to the table. Huberto's got that individual skill. That's, that's his, He's slippery. So that core here in Ekblad's off, off to a little bit of a rough start this year, but the skill's there for Ekblad. He's going to continue to get better. Only 22 years old and already in his fourth NHL season. So only better things there. So it's that young nucleus that uh, that has to take this Panther team to the next level. Uh, just continue to get better. Dadnoff's been a good signing over from the KHL. I think they've added nice complementary pieces. It's a team that's got to. So if you look at the start of this year, it's a team that could be four and two. I mean, at least three, two, and one. Every game has been a one-goal game, so they've got to find a way to win those tight games. But I, I firmly believe, if you look back over the 25 years, uh, from a talent standpoint, I don't know if the Panthers have iced a more talented team, especially from a, more, a young nucleus. So there's a lot of pressure on this team, and it's a deserved pressure from what they showed in the second half last year. And uh, the expectations are high. It's been a slow start, but I think the expectations in that room should be for the playoffs no question uh, from the fan base and everyone that's it's a team that has playoff talent and they have to be able to show it and back it up with some wins so um a bill Lindsay in his prime of his career which one of those players do you want on your line for sure obviously you're you're talking about barkoff but uh who do you want to <laughs> send you send you those sweet passes well i could play if i played with any one of the, the, that kind of talent i'd just go to the net barkoff would be fine Huberto, Trocek, the ice vision that they have, but I, I was, I was always on some. I got on the second line a bit, but uh, I was the third, fourth line guy crashing around. I would, I'd like to play with the Colton Seviers of the world and, and the guys. I would like to mix it up. It's, I mean, the games changed from, from when I played a little bit, where, where you banged a lot and you chirped a lot, and you fight, you fought a lot. The skill level now that's around this whole league, the young talent is is amazing. The game's played at an incredible pace, but uh, any of those guys, if I got on any of those top two lines, you could just put your stick on the ice, go harder than that, and you'd probably get 20 goals on the season. <laughs> there you go. Well, Bill, be thanks, a great year. <laughs> thanks so much for, uh, thanks for much for, for being on the show. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for, for doing all you guys, what you do and uh, appreciate it. We'll see you at the games. All right, man. Okay, Have a good thanks, one. Bill.